0: Hey, everybody, Zach here. People often ask me where I go to learn about what's new and next in enrollment marketing. And I tell them that most of my learning actually comes from following thought leaders on social media and then trying to convince them to come on a podcast and share their insights with me. And that's actually exactly how I met my now friend, Matt Didelgen, who is the co-founder and CEO of Glacier. Glacier is the leader in high school advertising for higher education. Matt has been on the podcast a few times now. Some of you have probably listened to one or more of his episodes. And every time I interview him, I'm just amazed by what he and his team are up to. So I finally convinced Matt to become an official Enrollify partner, which means I get to tell you all about why I love Glacier. Glacier offers the largest high school advertising network in North America. This unique platform allows higher education marketers the opportunity to place massive billboard-style ads directly inside feeder high schools, leverage influential students as brand ambassadors, and layer in a robust digital advertising component. They are actively writing the book on how to use micro-influencers in enrollment marketing and how to generate ROI from social networks like Snapchat and TikTok. Anytime I want to know what works and what doesn't when it comes to digital advertising to high school students, I call the Glacier team. If you are ready to take your high school recruitment to the next level or want to learn more about how Glacier can help you, you can visit their website at weareglacier.org forward slash enrollify to check out their free resources or to schedule a chat with one of their team members. Again, that's weareglacier.org forward slash enrollify and be sure to tell them that Zach from Enrolify sent you. All right, guys, thank you and enjoy this week's episode. Gen Z culture moves incredibly fast, and it's only increasing in the rate of its acceleration.
1: Higher education moves comparably slow, and therefore, there's
0: often a disconnect between higher ed and prospective students. Everyone in higher ed wants to know what strategies and tactics work best to recruit this next generation of students. And just when folks think they've got it, preferences seem to change.
1: Welcome to Signals, a special series on the trends, indicators, and Gen Z behaviors shaping the future of higher ed digital advertising, brought to you by Glacier
0: and Enrollify. I'm Zach, founder of Enrollify. And I'm Matt Diddlejan,
1: co-founder and CEO of Glacier, a digital advertising agency specializing in youth marketing and higher education.
0: You can subscribe to this series and access other podcasts, e-courses, videos, and more at enrollify.org. And if you want to learn a little bit more about Glacier, head on over to weareglacier.org forward slash enrollify and download one of their epic white papers. All right, without further ado, welcome to the show. All right, team, welcome to another episode of Signals, special collaboration here between Glacier and Enrollify. And today, Matt and I have been riffing a lot, and we had Paige, Matt's wife, come on for an episode, which was fantastic, but Joe is our only, only our second guest on Signals thus far, and it's a pleasure to be sitting down with Joe from Colorado School of Mines. Welcome to the show, Joe. How are you doing today? Doing really well. Thanks. uh, Thanks for having me. Well, we are pumped to be talking to you. We've we've talked about TikTok. Matt and I have like a rift on all things social over the last few episodes. And I went on a deep dive with uh, uh, Matt's wife, who is a TikTok influencer and learned a lot about how she thinks about TikTok. But this is actually the first time we're talking to somebody who works in higher education, who is actually responsible in part for running a university TikTok account. So, i'm pumped i know matt's pumped and we've got lots of questions to kind of throw at you but i'd love to just like kick things off with uh a question around how you convinced leadership and other colleagues on your team uh to get on tiktok to begin with there's tons of schools right that haven't even thought about this or maybe they've thought about this but haven't had the permission to even set up an account so walk us through like what those first conversations were like and how how did they go and how did you convince folks to kind of give you the keys and and start something new
2: yeah so uh my supervisor has been really adamant about finding ways for minds to kind of break through the noise of social media and just digital media in general um with creative projects and for a while we've really developed a very standard style of our youtube video facebook videos you know like there's a very specific brand uh, and when you have a method of storytelling that you're comfortable with you just you get a little bit afraid of like breaking that norm and breaking Mm. that cycle Uh, So when I tuned into TikTok, I knew it'd be a unique challenge, but one that would like kind of force me to break my own habits and my own comfort zone. Uh, So I told my supervisor, I said, hey, uh, we're going to do something. Uh, It's going to be it's going to be weird. And I'm going to tell you, like, there might be some things that we post that you don't really like or you don't necessarily see serving our department uh, the way that Instagram does or the way that our Facebook channel does. Uh, But he was like, yeah, I'm on board um and he's actually encouraged me to go further beyond our comfort zone into into some new content types uh and i think our our team was really looking for a platform where we didn't necessarily have to break the rules but we could kind of bend the rules Hmm. that we have on some of our other social channels so so tiktok's really been an
0: opportunity there was there any pushback uh from others like other other stakeholders or was it pretty much like did people just get it or like did you have to explain like here's why we want to do this. This this is where, you know, high school students actually are today. Like how, any sort of like uh, interesting sort of explanations or like, did you have to school anyone in like TikTok 101 or how, how did that go?
2: Yeah, you know, I kind of had to school myself. Uh, I I was the person who was arguing against me uh, for starting the TikTok. <laughs> like there were like some days where I was like, yes, we need a TikTok. And then there are other days where it's like, I, I don't think I can handle a TikTok. Like I'm looking at these trends and I just... I don't know if I even have the ability to, to attempt something like this. Uh, so, so the
0: pushback
1: was, was kind of me.
0: <laughs> love it. Love and, how it. Did you,
1: and it's interesting because I've, I've heard so many higher ed clients talk about how they get pushed back from senior administration because they see TikTok goes, it's just about these silly dances and they don't think higher ed has any business being on there. So how did you, did you have a really strong relationship existing with your, supervisor or or how did you go like how was it such an easy yes for you i guess
2: uh like i said my supervisor is uh he's a great supporter uh he understands this this stuff he understands the the channels and he understands that uh social media is constantly evolving um and we don't always know what the next big thing is so when we were starting our tiktok i mean we I I was failing really hard at the start and it would be really hard for a supervisor not to say just like, this is a wash, like get rid of this thing, it's not working. Um, But mid semester, I saw a student who was kind of going viral on his own personal TikTok. And so I brought him in, I said, hey, we need some help, like what what can we do? We brainstormed three videos uh, that we could finish before the end of the semester. We did the three videos and one of them was uh, how to build a cardboard boat race that got 150,000 views. And as soon as you have something like that, to put in front of your, your boss. Uh, my my boss was was like, okay, there's there's an audience here and it's an organic audience. We didn't have to do any paid advertising or anything like that. And like that's brand recognition is huge for us right now, and that's what we're using TikTok for. Uh so and since then we've had we've had some other videos uh kind of blow up uh from, from our scale. So uh yeah, we had we had one video that that was really, really good. And it was a great example. And so leadership kind of understood from there.
1: I think that's a great tip about getting a win early to show the leadership that this is actually worth doing. And then from there, it makes it a lot easier, but I think getting that first small win, I, I totally get that. And on that, on that thread of, of content. So talk to us more about how you approach your content strategy, who creates the content what's the editorial review process like and, and really how closely are you watching the trends? Yeah, so I am the
2: primary uh, content creator for our TikTok, uh, both in terms of filming and in terms of editing. But I also, I work with a great team of creatives. So if I need specific clips or footage or um, concepts to, to bounce off of others, I have a great support system with my team. Uh, my supervisor, like I said, he uh, he has a lot of trust in me and gives me a lot of freedom to try new trends and try things across all of our social media platforms. Uh, so the editorial process really comes comes down to me. I'm kind of the, the final gatekeeper unless uh, I have something very questionable. Um, but along those lines, I, I am hoping that Mines will be able to expand out, engage with more clubs, departments to get some of that user generated content that we see succeeding on, on other platforms. Um, So we're, we're working towards that. Uh, And in terms of, in terms of finding trends, I dedicate maybe an hour each week to to looking through some of the trends that are happening either on TikTok or on Instagram reels. Um, And I try to identify the ones that I can first execute uh, in a reasonable amount of time. Um, And then others that just fit within our brand. I have uh I've definitely learned the hard way that something that's trending on TikTok that looks really simple may not be like I've <laughs> I've definitely wasted a day or two trying to film something like oh yeah this is going to be a really simple TikTok and then just throwing the whole project in the trash like I can't do this I, I don't know how the, the other people are doing these trends but some some of them it's just it is it can be tough out there
0: <laughs> You mentioned um <laughs> oh sorry go, go ahead Matt
1: I was just gonna say, do you follow any accounts or anything that help you, that help identify the trends?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there are a bunch, especially within higher education that I follow. Um, BYU, KU, uh, Clemson has a really good TikTok account. Um, yeah, there there are a couple within higher ed that I follow. Outside of higher ed, there are a few students on the Colorado School of Mines campus, that actually have TikToks, um, and there are a couple other students. But I also follow organizations. Um, I I don't want to. Well, I'll give a shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. They they have a a great TikTok presence too. I'm a big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Colorado Avalanche. They have they have a great TikTok. Um, so yeah, I follow some of those organizations as well.
0: You mentioned, uh, Joe, that early on when you were stumbling a little bit, right, you kind of fell flat and you're new to the platform that you brought in a student who had already had a successful following. Um, What what advice did that student give you or like as you guys sort of like teased out sort of uh, your content strategy? Was there any particular like indicators or interesting insight that uh, that they had uh, that you like? that, you know, was a light bulb moment for you and like, Oh, interesting. Okay. So this is how I should approach content creation. Or did you learn anything that kind of surprised you, uh, from what that student shared?
2: Yeah. The, the student was just, I mean, Matt Walter, he's, he's just super successful and he's got a great narration style and storytelling style. And he, um, he is fantastic with, with a camera and is a great personality. So what he really showed was that for engaging content uh you need that initial hook and then you need to build the TikTok out in a way that it's it's always going to be that that quick story that actually has value um so he helped with the how to build a cardboard boat race the other cardboard boat race uh where the cardboard boat is claimed by davy jones's locker um, which between the two of them, I think those both, I think together, they got like 170,000 views. Um, so they were both really successful. And then he also did like five great places to eat around golden, which for students and for people in our community, uh, that are seeing the TikToks, or people who just are looking at Colorado in general, it, it brings to life our whole community. Uh, so yes, his, his style of storytelling was, was unique and also very, it was great for the platform, so uh, I learned a lot working with him.
0: How do you guys typically come up with ideas? So you say you spend about an hour a week or so um, looking through trends and deciding what, if anything, you can capitalize on. But then beyond that, right? What? How do you kind of source ideas? Um, any, anything you can share with us about just frameworks that you might use, uh, especially when you've kind of like hit a creative block or you're like, dang, I need to post something. Uh, it's been a, you know, it's been a week or it's been a, you know, a couple weeks. Uh, how do you sort of overcome that and like, where do you go for inspiration?
2: Yeah, um, we we do follow quite a few other higher ed institutions on TikTok. Uh, there, there are some great sources of inspiration that are already out there and just scrolling through the, the For You page uh, can give you quite a bit. But the creative process is it's different every time. Sometimes I see a trend and it's just like, yes, we, we have this footage. The audio is great. Like we, we can do this and we can do it better or we can do it more in a mind specific way that people are really going to resonate with. Other times, there's, there's a strategic purpose, um, and we, we put a little pre-production into it, uh, and I can, I can walk into an event already knowing what I'm going to capture. Uh, very recently, Mines launched an autonomous electric vehicle shuttle service. It's like the largest in the nation, and it's, it's an awesome thing to have on the Mines campus. And we had the press release, we had the press conference being live streamed, and we had all this formal communications, but our media director came up to me and was like, Hey, we need we need something fun, we need something that's gonna actually resonate with students and make students like excited about this cool project. Uh and immediately I was already thinking fast and furious, like fast and furious <laughs> was like in my head. Like we're gonna do something fast and furious, even though those shuttles go 12 miles an hour, we're gonna do something and like it you just kind of go from there uh so so sometimes you you hear something that's like the idea is already present based on on what you've seen but yeah that that was uh that was a really fun one there was another one where we had we had a battle bottle, <laughs> a battle bots competition on campus like john cena's audio is everywhere and i was like i know we're going to get a clip of a robot going <laughs> going crazy going like it's it's going to happen we're going to see this let's get the clip put it to the John Cena audio. And like, um, that's another one where we we knew what we needed. So we were able to capture that.
1: And when you're coming up with these ideas, is this just you or are you bouncing them off people on your marketing team? Or are you working with the students? How are you coming up with the, these ideas? How are you polishing the rocks?
2: Yeah, I'll, a lot of the ideas stem from me. Uh, but, like I said, I can I can balance ideas off of my team. My team is they're fantastic creatives uh, they'll They'll let me know if'm I'm, if I'm going too far from the flow, the flow of our river our <laughs> communication stream. but um, yeah, a lot of it it's i'm I'm the primary person on TikTok. I see a lot of what students are doing um, and I do I do work with students. I do work with other organizations on campus. so if I see a trend and another department is like telling me like, hey, we need help." promoting this group or organization every once in a while i'll just pass them a tiktok link and just be like all right if you can film something similar to this i'll put it up on our channel like and and we'll let's work together
0: that way do you all do any paid advertising on tiktok as well
2: we haven't yet but that's uh it's definitely something that i'm pushing for so and honestly we we don't have an ad set that would really thrive on on tiktok just yet so as we're thinking about getting started with that we're going to need to start uh creating an ad set basically from scratch um because the things that work on youtube and linkedin and facebook they're not going to work on on tiktok so so that's going to be a whole campaign uh but the conversations are happening
0: yeah that's exciting to hear um and uh you know I, i know that when it comes to one of the things Matt and I have talked about on on this show, right, is like, too often schools jump into just paid, right? And they say, Hey, like, let's launch a paid campaign, they want quick wins, they want quick traffic, they want quick leads, whatever it might be. And you know, Matt, Matt talks a lot about how like, you know, your organic strategy should inform sort of your paid strategy, right? Like if you if you're doing something well, and it's working well from an organic standpoint, that's what th- those are the indicators that you use as you think about sort of like building out that paid campaign, as opposed to sort of like the inverse. And not everyone has, you know, the luxury of, of time in order to make that happen. But what's cool about you guys is like, when you get that ad set right, or the things that are going to inform that ad set are what you have found to work really well organically.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're excited about the organic content that we've we've posted and we know where we we're seeing success. So when we do go into the paid advertising, we're we have a, a good starting base uh and and we'll know where we're gonna go.
1: And on that on that note of success and ad success, how are you how are you measuring success with the TikTok account? Or what were the what were the metrics that you were judged by initially? Have those changed to now? But how are you measuring success?
2: Yeah, we're mostly looking for uh, engagement, so we're looking for the likes and the comments, and and how engagement rate is informing our content, uh, and that's it's pretty similar to how we measure our success on our other platforms. Uh, but on TikTok, we're we're seeing about ten percent engagement rates, uh, which is massive compared to things like Twitter um, and some of our other channels. So, uh, yeah, a lot of it is based on the engagement rates. We're also measuring success just based on the amount of time that we're dedicating to the platform. The fact that we're able to put up a new video every every ten days or so uh sometimes sooner, sometimes it's a little slower than that but um the the fact that we're we're able to handle creating the content and and hanging with some of the trends uh is also a way that we're we're measuring our
1: success. On that note, I'm glad you brought this up. Did you have to drop off another platform to make room for TikTok, or how did you how did you make room available for TikTok
2: uh we've We've just expanded some of the scheduling on some of our other platforms a little bit more, so uh, it's it's helped me allocate a little bit more time towards tiktok um but no i haven't i haven't dropped off of any other platforms but um we we're just we're just working a little harder
1: (laughs) (laughs) and by by increasing the scheduling do you mean you you've automated more of some of the other platforms to make room for it is that what you meant by that
2: yeah yeah we're yeah we we're trying to improve our scheduling and trying to become more efficient with what we're scheduling um in the past it's we've we've scheduled things a little bit closer to the last minute, but, uh, yeah, now we're trying to be a little bit more proactive, have the things on our calendar and on our radar earlier, uh, so that we're, we're more prepared.
0: When you all, when you all think about like, um, you know, the, the expectations you have around different social platforms, Matt was hitting on this a little bit, but just to like press in a little bit deeper here, like, is there an expectation from leadership at some point, like, Hey, TikTok's got to bring in like, x number of leads by this date otherwise it's just not worth joe's time and joe's team's time to keep doing these things like do you guys have expectations uh, are you accountable to any any sort of metric beyond basic engagement across other social channels in terms of like like are you managing any paid spend like how do folks kind of uh assess uh, whether or not you all are you know doing your job so to speak and like whether or not it's like a worthwhile investment and then how you know when do you think those sorts of expectations will translate to TikTok like it's fine to you know for the next few months here you guys are getting started 6 months whatever it is right to to have low expectations but you know the more time that you start spending on on TikTok right as as a creator the more time leadership's going to want there to be some sort of measurable success from it. Right. So like, how do you guys like wrestle with that? What are you held accountable to currently with respect to other social channels? And what are your thoughts on how that will eventually translate to TikTok?
2: Yeah, right now we don't necessarily have uh, standards for like the return on the, the time investment or TikTok. Um, that's something that we're, we're still discussing. We're still trying to figure out. I know that uh, we are going to be working more closely with our admissions team. Uh, and part of that is going to incorporate TikTok and um, in, into the admissions cycle. But right now, uh, the we we pull metrics through some of our paid media campaigns more than we're worried about the the metrics on uh, the organic side yeah. in terms of actual click through rates and things like that. Um,
0: and our marketing person uh, kind of manages a lot of that. Got it. And do you think, like, if you if you're thinking right outside of your own uh, your own sort of context here, right? For other schools, like, if you had to write the book on, like, hey, if you're listening to this right now, you're a marketer, you're a social media manager in higher ed, right, and you want to do TikTok, maybe you just got permission, right? Like your 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 leadership finally was like, okay, fine, you can start the account. Um, like and and you had but but leadership said like what should you h- how do we sort of measure the success of this initiative like what sort of framework or advice would you give to somebody of like hey like Tell leadership that over the next three months, like you're just going to, you know, do a lot of testing and you, you, you're you not even going to worry about engagement. But at, at around that three month mark, like that's when you start want to start thinking about like, hey, we should be averaging seven to 12 percent engagement on our content. Right. Any sort of rough like framework or like uh, words of, of wisdom that you would impart upon somebody who is just starting out with respect to how they should think about, you know, managing their time. but more importantly, sort of like managing leadership's expectations of what they'll get with this investment.
2: Yeah, the the first few months, it definitely is it's a it's a test ground. Uh especially if you're new to TikTok or if you haven't produced videos in that sort of style um that you see being successful on TikTok, you you want to level the expectations that it's going to be a test. And I think it's it's very clear very quickly if a if your channel and if you as like a content creator are increasing success or or just really failing i i look back at our early tiktoks like the first maybe 15 that are on our channel and it's like they they were really not good like it it really took us some time to to find our feet to really hit the ground and actually understand why we're on tiktok what we're doing and what our audience is looking for um so the the biggest mistake is to not try but like the the idea is um that within those first 3 months like put some things out there see see what's working for you uh and then when you when you do find things that are exceeding expectations uh pounce on that and use that as the example for like hey leadership like maybe not every single video looks this good but um, these ones that do look good, like they, they'll continue to grow. We'll, we'll refine this, we'll get better at this um, and we will do better.
1: On that note of your first few TikToks not great, we'll say, what, what are the biggest mistakes that you're seeing with respect to how higher ed marketers and social media managers, they're approaching TikTok? What are the big mistakes that you're seeing in the industry?
2: Uh, well, the biggest mistake for me in those early videos was that I I didn't have the storytelling uh, concepts down. Like I was, I was just, I thought that some of the videos that we had done for, for YouTube could just come over to TikTok and maybe people would tune in and it's like, no, that's, that's not a thing. I think the biggest mistake that I'm seeing throughout higher ed is that a lot of universities still aren't, aren't even trying. Uh, they're not on TikTok yet and they're, they're not even building the account. And I think it's going to be, TikTok is going to be a massive platform for brand engagement leading into these next few admission cycles. I think there's no way around that. Uh, So when you do start to advertise on TikTok and when you do want to incorporate into an admission cycle, uh, you're going to want a channel that's already healthy uh, and and moving. And you're going to want to know your audience before that happens, not in the the mix of the admission cycle, like trying to figure that out. So I think it's just
1: important to get started. Mm. Great
0: point. Great point. One uh, follow-up question to that is you mentioned, Joe, that it took you a while to sort of like figure out the storytelling framework. Talk, talk to us about sort of like how you figured that out. Like as you, as you think about approaching content now, right, what sort of advice would you impart on folks about like how to tell good stories on TikTok? Like, is there any sort of like basic formula that you use obviously sort of like being aware of trends and figuring out, Hey, what's, you know is there a way that we can make this work in our context that that's obviously incredibly important but beyond that too just like as you think about crafting a relatively short story what do you think about like you talked about the hook early on you talked about you know a couple seconds in you know making sure that there's something to keep people's attention but any other sort of like hacks or you know pro tips if you will that you've sort of garnered that you think um others might be able to take advantage of if they're not already
2: yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely still learning, uh, but it's, it's identifying trends and making them your own um, that, that really leads to, to the, the good stories. So if, if you have concepts, if you're hearing repeatedly on your, for you page, uh, certain audios, that audio that's, that's really resonating with you and potentially with your audience, it's how can you transform that into something that is specific to uh, your brand? An example of that on, on our side, uh, it I did not anticipate it to hap- happen like this, but um, Mines has a really good football team. We have a really good football program, and there's an audio trending that's making fun of quarterbacks throwing ridiculous interceptions. So it's, it's all in good fun, but we have a really great quarterback. So I did a video using that audio where he makes a pretty remarkable play and, like, the receiver lays out for a catch. Um, and it's, like, it's wild. Some people don't even realize that Mines has a football program, but like the, the video went for, it was over 50,000 views. I can't remember if it was over 100,000 views. And it just like popped off and it was like partly because the audio had that big of an audience, but also because people were commenting that they didn't realize that Mines had a great football program. And so people were looking into it. So it it took an audio that, that was being used for one purpose. We re, We reused it in a different way. Uh, and the video ended up being really successful uh, in a way that I didn't even anticipate.
0: One quick follow-up question to that is, um, you mentioned, you know, this this sort of, um, you're hoping to work more closely with admissions over the coming months, right? To collaborate and figure out how TikTok kind of fits into uh, their recruitment cycle. Um, when you think about, TikTok accounts at especially university accounts like who should own TikTok accounts like it, it should should sort of like marketing own it should admissions own it should there like you see you do see sort of different models right like sometimes it's the clearly the admissions team that's running the account other times it's clearly the marketing team like uh i imagine that you have a little bit of bias here but like uh talk talk uh, you know uh, to us a little bit about sort of like who's the right owner or a, is there a shared ownership like what is what does collaboration look like well today tiktok is primarily as you mentioned a, a brand play for schools uh as it continues to capitalize more and more and more attention of target demos of uh, your admissions team like admissions is going to want to, you know, play ball too, right? They're going to want to sit at the table. So like walk us through how you think about this, how minds is thinking about this and, uh, anything that you might be able to share with respect to how others should think about it.
2: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely a, it needs to be a collaboration. It, it really does. Uh, for a school, the size of minds, um, we have a small communications team and a a really active hardworking admissions team. Um, and Neither of us have the capacity to necessarily own TikTok on our own. We need to share it. Um, so I work closely with the admissions, uh, social media, and marketing rep. Um, and right now, yes, I own TikTok. And they're, um, we've talked about ideas. We, we've got ideas flowing back and forth so that we're not duplicating efforts in any, in any sort of way. Um, and it's when we're talking about the ideas, their focus is what's happening for prospective students. I'm more focused on what's happening within our brand. Um, and mm. so we we kind of know our responsibilities and know our ideas and where, where they fall. And if we see ideas that it's like that would be useful, but it's not necessarily admission specific, we just pass them back and forth.
0: Matt, quick question for you, actually, following up on this. Of, of uh Glacier clients, like, do you do you know like what the breakdown is of like the, the schools that you're working with? Are you mo- are you mostly working with like marketing teams that own TikTok accounts? Do admissions own any TikTok accounts? And how are how are those teams collaborating, if at all?
1: I was just thinking about that as you asked him that question. And I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but it seems like the majority of people that we're talking to, it falls under the marketing department. Yeah. It seems like where the responsibility is falling mostly is under the marketing department.
0: Yeah, yeah, that 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 would be my guess too. What I think is interesting is if you look at sort of how admissions teams have started over just the past five years right caring way 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 more about social as social does become this like incredible driver of you know new inquiries new prospective students it'll be interesting to see sort of like how that plays into uh the tiktok frontier right and it's like how quickly does admissions get a seat at the table what does that seat look like like will there be you know uh quarterly collaborations between marketing and admissions where they're doing some semblance of content planning and or is this going to be like for the next couple of years it's really just going to live in in marketing's hands until until it's sort of like a viable like lead generator uh and then and then admissions is going to want to uh get in the mix i don't know i don't know if either of you have thoughts or opinions on that
2: well, I think I think we see a lot of frequently asked questions that are admissions specific about mm. either admissions deadlines or just application questions. And they don't always come through the normal channels. Like a lot of times you just might see quite a few TikToks of high school students being fed up with admissions in general and flipping a laptop not dedicated towards any university, but just like fed up in in the grand scheme. Yeah. It's like having a university presence on TikTok, where uh, an admissions presence on TikTok, where they can respond, not just to one student, but to everyone with like, hey, if you need help, here are the three spots um, that we can help you, or here are the, the deadlines in case you missed this. Um, they can be a resource on TikTok and people can listen, uh, in addition to the fun stuff, like why they apply, why uh, why minds. Mm,
1: that sounds like a great partnership actually is admissions can field the questions that are more admissions related and marketing can really handle more of the brand content and the content creation that seems like a great partnership
0: Mm -hmm. do you guys um one of the i I feel like an age-old kind of debate in the higher ed social just world is like you know, how many accounts should a university have? Right? Should there be a Minds account? Uh, that's the university account, and then a Minds admissions account, right? Like, what are Joe? I'd love your thoughts first, and then and then Matt, you know, feel free to chime in as well, based off of your 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 all's clients. But like, what do you think about that? Like, how how do how should schools think about like number of accounts with social in general, but like specifically to TikTok.
2: Yeah, it's it's a regular debate, and uh, luckily, Mines is a a relatively small school, so because we can work collaboratively together, uh, and we're we're very um, we're we're on the same page, we can work together and own the account together. Uh, But I'd imagine that with with larger schools and larger institutions where admissions is a lot bigger, um, that (laughs) That would be a, that would be a hard question to answer. Um, and I I get it. Like, I understand it. Mine's, mine's has gone through that on, on every other social channel where, where there are departments or, um, groups on campus that want their own social channels. And it's, it's a fascinating question where your reach might be a lot smaller because people might not be looking for a specific account. Our reach is going to be a lot larger because we have a, a greater name recognition. Um, so to arts, but we also want to make sure the content quality is there and sometimes departments don't necessarily have a dedicated videographer or a dedicated social media person in general so it can it can get tricky very quickly uh but we are trying to keep it fairly consolidated a small university we we just want all the content in one spot
1: as as much as we can i think that's a great point i don't think i would paint any broad strokes on this one i think it's really University or college dependent mm. in terms of the resources they have, the skill sets they have available, the budget, all those things I think come into effect. And, and also even just the brand awareness to begin with. You know, um, I've seen I've seen schools like Louisiana State University, who I would say probably has the best TikTok in the country. It's huge, and and the engagement on there is tremendous. That is a great, that is just as good at for prospective students and a marketing tool for prospective students, because they can go on there and get a general feel and vibe and understanding of the culture of the school. So I think that is just as an effective of of, a marketing tool for prospective students as it is engaging their existing community, as it is engaging their alumni, you know, so it's kind of like a all all purposes encompass into the one account, whereas I've seen other schools. That they have just a prospective, stu- uh, prospective student account, and they've also done really well. Mm. So I think I think it really depends on the university or college, and and really just being whatever choices they make, just being strategic and 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 committing to those choices. I think it doesn't work when there's a half committed effort. When it's like, okay, let's have two accounts, but we're going to then split the resources and and try to keep up two accounts with the same like that just doesn't work. So whatever it is it it just needs to have the amount of resources required to be successful
0: yeah no that makes a, that makes a ton of sense i love both of those uh those answers um and you know wh- when i think about you know tiktok just as as a platform and i I'd, I'd love your thoughts on this joe is like it it's it's much more um of a it's it's casual. It it feels it feels more personable. Like it almost feels as opposed to like an Instagram like in feed post, right? Is uh is beautifully constructed. You know, if if done right, the copy is like this wonderful story, right? Like I think about sort of like humans of New York, right? When they launched their uh uh-huh, when the Times like launched that uh that Instagram, you know, account, it was just so well architected and like to me that's sort of like quintessential, like at least like older older school Instagram and TikTok has a very different sort of feel as as a space right um and I think one of the challenges for schools for higher ed in particular is like how do you translate culturally and like from a from a brand standpoint um in a way that's genuine to TikTok like and and how does that differ from how you might you know talk on instagram the kind of content that you might post still on facebook the you know your your presence on twitter like tiktok just feels like it needs to be a little bit more I, I, for lack of a better word like casual right transparent uh uh, uh f- focusing a little bit more on sort of like the entertainment factor right more 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 than anything else and so how how do you guys, how are you guys sort of like wrestling with the brand conversation of how, okay, how do we ensure that we're doing what we need to be doing on the platform to, you know, not sound, not be sort of like, um, you know, uh, deaf to the culture of the, of the platform, while also sort of like ma- maintaining the integrity of of your brand, like, how are you all working through this? I have seen your copy,ing your headlines and they're just awesome. Like I love the about description right on, on your account of where nerd culture meets mountain life. It's just so well like architected. So how are you guys wrestling with how you authentically play in the sandbox while also staying, you know, very true to who you all are as an institution? yeah
2: that's that's another great question I appreciate the the comment about the the copy and the headlines that's uh that's me as well and I know that I could use some work um but I've always I've had a tough time being like clever on YouTube because I always anticipate the YouTube video is gonna get embedded into our website somewhere or it's gonna get embedded into an email campaign so if I'm doing something on YouTube or if I'm doing something on some of the other channels I have to be i have to moderate myself a little bit more because I don't necessarily know where it's going to go. TikTok, mm. it's absolutely more informal and it, it has to have that eye catching headline or title that, that gives people a second to, to pause and be like, Oh yeah, I, I do. I am interested in this one. Like I'm going to, I'm going to watch this one too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a different platform. It's it's hard for me to, to say that I'm not bending the, the rules of our brand because I absolutely am in a, in a lot of different respects. Uh, but that's what I told my boss. I, I told my boss when, when we were starting the TikTok, it's like these these things are going to look weird. Um, these things are not going to be the normal thing that we would post to any other social channel, but we have to do something that, that catches the eye and that shows the nerd culture and shows the kind of the spirit of minds in a different way that you don't you formalize it on instagram and you like formalize it on twitter and facebook but it has to be the informal authentic
1: um story on tiktok i love that and i i think that's also kudos to you for recognizing that you needed to do that yeah because i think too many people try to do the same thing that they've done on instagram or or YouTube and it just does not translate. So kudos to you for recognizing that and then actually seizing that as an opportunity. That's fantastic. Another question for you, Joe, is if you could build the best higher ed TikTok team, you know, you've been given an unlimited budget, unlimited time. You can do whatever you want. And, and your one objective is to build the best higher ed TikTok team from, from the ground up. How would you, how would you go about doing that?
2: That's the dream. Unlimited budget. <laughs> it's unreal. Um, but first and foremost, it's personalities for me. I, whether it's people who, who are really good at dancing or whether it's the narrators and storytellers, you know, I'm, I'm self-conscious. I don't i necessarily want to be the face in front of every single TikTok uh, or or even the voice behind the scenes. But I've worked with students who are superb because they, they have the voice, they have the personality. They want to be telling their, that story in an authentic way. Uh, so, so start with personalities. Get some people in there who who can tell the story, uh, and then and then get some technical people, some some uh, videographers, some people with with cameras or who like cameras. Um, there, are, I know that there are students on campus or or and like just people around the world who can do more with a flip phone than I can do with the the newest smartphone. And so, if we gave them the tools, um, or if we could give them the tools. To, to film, sync the audio, add effects, and bring stories to life. Uh, I'd, I'd love to have those two kind of working together uh, to track the trends. So my my dream world would be um, maybe having like 10 people split into teams of two and three where each team has a different focus. Some might be doing athletics, academics, outside the classroom. Um, I've got an idea for uh, like a series of how to nerd where there could just be like two or three people who are just trying to build a robot or something like that and tracking it to build a, a how-to video similar to how, to how to build a cardboard boat or like how to code snake onto your calculator or how to build a te- trebuchet or a Tesla coil, like all that stuff is, is things that happen at mines, but I'm not always there to to see it. So if we just had a team of students who were kind of the, the um, people who could track those sorts of projects, Uh, And then put together a cohesive video at the end with something that people would want to watch um, and would really engage with that. That'd be the dream for me. That'd be, that'd be awesome.
1: I think that's really brilliant. Organizing them around different content pillars. I've never heard of that before. That's, that's absolutely brilliant. Whether it's like student life or nerd culture or sports, that's really cool. That's a really good idea.
2: Yeah. And it would just be, it's applying the trends though, still. So it's, if you see a trend that has nothing to do with athletics, but it's like, oh yeah, like I I could bring that over to, to the volleyball game or to the, to the swim meet and like apply it in, in a different facet. Um, yeah, it would, you could bring different trends across, uh, platforms a little bit easier than, than just me.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Just, uh, to put you on the spot here, um, if like what kind of budget, right? Like, let's just say, let's say you can't have your ideal state, right? Where you don't have 10 creators, right? And you can't split people up. But let's say you have like two creators, right? Like personalities, um, ideally one's at least a student, uh, if not both are students, right? You know, what do you think like a a shop roughly your size, right? Like a a school with that's trying to attract um, students at a similar sort of like prospect rate, um, similar sort of like overall enrollment, what kind of budget do you think you could be, you, you could you could say like, if I had something like this, I could do a lot of damage. And now, again, I'm not gonna, you know, it's not millions of dollars, right? Uh, I'm not going to, you know, change the world with our TikTok account. Um, but like i could I could put even more of a dent in kind of what we 're doing than what we 're able to do at this particular juncture. Do you have any sort of just like rough range because I think one of the challenges for many many higher ed marketers, people that are working in social media management for a college or university is like even if they are given the opportunity, right, from leadership to do something like this, to be creative, to kind of pioneer something new, leadership is going to say, like, well, what's the business plan, right? Like, like, okay, well, what are you, what are you specifically asking for? Like, how much money do you need, right? And how do you think you'll spend that money? So any just, like, rough ideas for, like, looking out over the course of, like, a year, right, like, to dedicate, you know, to... And we'll be, we'll be even a little bit broader. We'll just say to dedicate to like storytelling and video creation that could be used for TikTok or Instagram, let's say. Any like ballpark, like ranges you can share with us about like what you think, you know, could at least be a starting point?
2: Yeah, the way that I have uh, kind of mapped this out and I've talked to my, my super about this a little bit too. Um, it is really hard to define how long like creating a TikTok will take. There are certain TikToks where I mean you might be done with that thing in fifteen minutes, and the, and a, another one where, like I said, I've I've spent an entire day working on a video just to trash it because it just never panned out. But that was hours of work that just disappeared. Um, so I think that that alone creates a a hard situation. Yeah. But I like to think that in the average TikTok, the average, um, if you if you map it out beforehand and take the time. If you were paying somebody $15 an hour, it, it could cost less than $100. I like to think that it'd be like somewhere between like $60 and $75 for a single TikTok if somebody actually like clocked it out. So I like this a concept where it's like we're going to hire student workers or, or um, influencers that are just going to get paid 70 bucks per TikTok that they create that we end up using and posting. Um, and in a given in a given year, um, I don't know, in a, in a semester, you could say if we're getting, what, 15 TikToks or something like that, whatever that would add up to, but $750 or something like that. So in a given year, uh, $1,500, it's it's probably a little bit more than that if you just round it up to $2,000, but like said, per TikTok, this is what we're paying. That's kind of how I've mapped it out a little bit, but it is that's been a tough conversation because yeah. I I had a student who was an hourly wage student working on some videos before, and it's like sometimes the videos just take forever, but they're only allotted ten hours per week or something like that, and that's a that's a hard thing to to reckon with, and I don't know if it's better to say seventy five bucks per TikTok or um or not, but. That's, that's something that I've been grappling with under $2,000 though, could get you a long, a long way. If you're, if you're working with the the right student workers, if you're working with actual employees, that's, that's a different conversation that I haven't really had yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe, this has been awesome. I am so thankful for your time and for, you know, you coming on and talking to Matt and I about how you've set things up and what you're building and how you're, you know, you've sort of in a very scrappy fashion, like, got some things aligned so that you can kind of focus on this. You've had some really cool uh, wins thus far. Uh, if folks want to hear more about, you know, you and how you sort of had these conversations with leadership, how you got people to uh, give you sort of a little bit of time and space to, to work on building uh minds account. Like what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm on the inside higher ed Facebook group. Uh, and in, in the, that, um, Arena. So if if that's an easy spot, they can connect connect with me there. Otherwise, shoot me an email at j delnero d e l n e r o at dot edu, and I'd be happy to answer any questions or or share some links.
0: Awesome, and we can throw your email in the show notes as well, so folks can just kind of click on over and uh, shoot you a message if they're uh, if they need some pro tips. Um, but thank you, man. This has been this has been wonderful. I appreciate you uh, mapping out this framework for us.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll